welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today is December. I mean, it's been December, but this is going to be our kind of little wrap-up show for the year, and there's going to be parallels. There's going to be good and bad. We're going to talk about um, sad things and good things. This year, we kind of took a beating. And by we, I mean all of humanity and human decency. I think American patriotism took a beating because I, I don't know, Nazis took took the patriotism and racists took it and defenders of the patriarchy took took that patriotism and they called it their own and they said, we can't have any. They said that if you disagree with the far right, that you're not a patriot, and they called the rest of us, you know, snowflakes or ungrateful or just sad. And because of that, we kind of took a beating. The good news is we also took to the streets. We marched, we shouted, we made signs, we called our representatives, we texted them, we faxed them, and we called them again. I've never been so in touch with my representatives. We were outraged. And I am sure that we outraged other people. I know that we were taken aback and also not at all surprised. I don't know a single person who isn't exhausted by this year. I spent more time awake from 3 to 5 a.m. than I ever have in my life. And it was because of awful, horrible things stressing me out. And on the other hand, really good things, right? Joy and potential and motivation and excitement. So as much as I've been exhausted, I've also had so much energy. I've been learning and moving and thinking and writing and talking to people. I wake up and I make businesses and I build websites and I write treatises and I give interviews. And then sometimes I lay on the couch and I'm done. And I watch season after season of The West Wing and I wonder why none of that is real. On the one hand, Right? I was incredibly proud of the conversations in my house that we had over Thanksgiving about patriarchy, about race, about the way our society is structured, about how it changes from generation to generation, also how it stays the same. It was really beautiful to see a group of women, me, my mom, my aunt, my brother's girlfriend, all get together and, and kind of showcase our different takes on what was going on in the country and what was going on specifically with women. And it felt really important. It felt real. You know, and on the other hand, in that same family full of passion, full of motivation, you know, we get very loud and that can be tiring. I, I know it's all coming from a good place. It's coming from a place where we all feel so strongly that if we can just get the whole world to agree, everything will be fine. So again, there's this peppering of Highs and lows, it certainly has not been a boring year. On the sadder side, our dog died this summer. Kaylee, trash dog, you may remember her from episode 10, the trash dog compilation, and she did not die from being a trash dog, just in case you were worried. She was very sweet, and I'll have you know she was energetic until the end and it was really hard and I'm able to talk about it now because it's been about six months and it sucked and I still get upset about it sometimes. And it's so funny because I've seen this. Have you guys seen this on Facebook? Like someone's pet 
will pass away and there's an outpouring of emotion and then time goes by and if they mention that pet again, like nobody says anything anymore. I think that like we as humans are like, yeah, okay, but that was your pet, so whatever. And I totally get it now. I totally get it because sometimes I'll just look at my phone and I'll look back at pictures from like a year ago. Facebook just showed me a picture today of the dog. <laughs> I had wrapped her up in Christmas lights and took a picture. And that was my my picture on Facebook's memories, you know, from seven years ago. So sometimes I go back in my phone and I look at all the pictures of her and I cry because she's not here, you know, and she's awesome and I miss her. And people ask me if I'll get another dog someday, and maybe we will, but I don't miss having a dog. I miss her, but I, you know, I can't have that. So sometimes I cry about that too. On the flip side of good news, let's move over to good news. I also got married this fall and I go back and look at those pictures too and cry, but for a totally different reason. It's amazing. It was so amazing to have all the people I love in one place, everyone seemed very happy. It makes me think I throw a good party. I don't really know they could have all been faking and just being nice. Is it weird that I wanted the dog there? If I can conflate those two things, I did want the dog there, to be honest. But that's okay. She was a good dog, and I loved her, and she taught me how to love unconditionally. And now I know how to love more than I used to. So I honestly don't think I would have gotten married had it not been for the dog in a weird way. So that all works out. And I wonder if knowing how to love more is making me more sensitive. Because this weekend, for example, I wandered around Target. I just saw the movie Three Billboards. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. The acting performances are phenomenal, really good, but it was one of those pictures that doesn't have redeeming qualities or happy (laughs) moments, and it didn't give me a lot of hope in humanity, and I really need that hope. I need hope in humanity. I need to believe that we will not destroy each other on a micro level and on a macro level. So anyway, I get very affected by movies. And after the movie, I kind of just wanted to wander around Target. There's a story, there's a, in Brooklyn, there, the Target is right next to the movie theater. And I wanted to wander around and like, look at all the shiny, pretty holiday things and just lose myself in material joy for just, you know, to balance things out a little bit. And while we were there, I saw this stuffed bear, it's like a little kid's toy, And it was just like a little stuffed bear and it was face down on the floor. Someone had knocked it over and it just killed me. And I know, again, like sensitive, really a little overly sensitive. And I didn't sob in Target, but I did take the bear home. I mean, I picked that thing up. (laughs) I really do consider myself pretty together usually and I haven't owned a stuffed animal in 30 years. But, you know, he bought this stupid bear for me. And for a little while, that helped make the world seem like a better place. Not really having the bear, although he is very soft. But the someone that was there to take care of me or just tell me it's okay to cry in Target sometimes because you remember the world is a horrible place. But there's also 
love. And even without someone telling you that, right, if you don't have that person sitting next to you telling you that, I'm going to tell you that. And you don't know me, or maybe you do. But if you can't tell yourself that, if you're having moments where you don't believe it yourself, then I'll just tell it to you instead. You are allowed to cry in Target sometimes because the world is a very challenging place. I have a meditation teacher who shared this old chestnut. Meditation jokes. What's up? Meditation makes you feel better. You feel pain better. You feel loss better. You feel righteous anger and indignation better. You feel everything better. Feel everything more. And I know that this kind of year-end wrap-up has been a little bit more personal than you might be used to from us, but here we are. And I'm not saying this so you like know things about me. It's actually a little weird feeling to say all those personal things. But I'm saying this so that you can feel something about you or for you, for yourself. I guess I just wanted to talk about sometimes being flat-faced on the floor of a Target, right? Sometimes we're the bear. And sometimes we're the person that picks up the bear and brings it home. I have been talking about two Christmas songs lately. Uh, One is John Lennon, Happy Christmas, War is Over. And two is Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Now, usually I'll pull samples of songs right in the intro and the outro, and sometimes I'll throw something in there, but I just feel like whoever owns the rights to the Beatles is like particularly litigious. So maybe I will not do that, but you know these songs and you couldn't get two more opposite perspectives on the holidays or really life in general. For one, the message is, so this is Christmas. What have you done? Has it been enough? There are horrible things going on in the world. Fear, poverty, war. Let's hope we can do better next year. True, beautiful song. And for the other, the message is, the mood is nice. We're all here together. That's enough. Pure pleasure. That weird, goofy synth. It's just fun. Both, oddly, have a children's choir. So do with that what you will. But I was thinking of these two songs as part of a kind of back and forth, a conversation between two people, two different kinds of people, which assumes that there are at least two different kinds of people in the world. The one who uses a children's choir to sing War is Over if you want it, and the other who uses a children's choir to sing Ding Dong, Ding Dong, Ooh. Anyway, uh, I have a friend, my friend Shannon. Hi, Shannon, who brought this really fantastic point to mind. No choosing between those two. We need both. Yeah, we need both. Most of us are both, have both. We have funerals and weddings. We have fighting and we have marching. We sing ding dong ding and we do it together. Which leads me to say, we have this image of the ancient sages, I see you knew I'd bring yoga up at some point, right? We have this image of the ancient texts, the yogis leaving their families, crawling up a mountain and into a cave and sitting there alone until they become you know, magic. And I just don't think that's the way it's going to work for most of us. I think we need each other. 
we need Lennon and McCartney and the Ronettes and Eartha Kitt and Nat King Cole and everyone else. I was looking through my notes. I keep notes on my computer in the notes app. I guess they're in the cloud. They're not on my computer, but I should probably, I could use like a very efficient app, but I just, so many apps. I I feel very old when I talk like that. I was looking through all of my notes to find something salient, some wisdom, perhaps something inspirational to share with you guys today, some piece of ancient philosophy that we could pick apart and put back together. And I found a lot of to-do lists, a big fan of to-do lists. But then I also found this, and I want to read this to you, and then we'll break it down. Breathe and keep being you. Everyone is under pressure. This is not personal. Collaborate with people instead of fight. Ask how you can help. Cultivate your passions. Keep being you. Cultivate your friendships. Feel love and give love. Well, I realized after I read it that the reason why that resonates with me um, is because I wrote it. So, but here's what I'm taking away from all of that right now. Collaborate instead of fight. Cultivate your friendships, breathe, and keep being you. Those three main things. Maybe those are four. A lot of us will be seeing family for the holidays, and for some folks that brings up all sorts of stuff. And I mentioned earlier I was proud of my family for having tough conversations, and I'm proud of how passionate we are about all of these things, and I'm proud that we sit around the table and we raise our voices. I'm, I'm excited that we feel passionately about those things. What I'm curious about is if we can turn that fighting, we're not really fighting with each other, but we kind of are, if we can turn that into collaboration. Is there a way we can turn talking amongst ourselves into taking action? Is there a way instead of picking at the nuances of what we disagree with, can we find what we agree on and act on it together? Can we help each other move forward? I don't, you know, I don't have an answer to that. I'm just positing like that could be maybe how the next year goes. And I would, I would bring that to this culture, this age of resistance. We're fighting a lot. Our language is about fighting. I use it all the time, and I'm questioning that a little bit. Is it good? Is it positive or negative to keep the vocabulary so pointed and aggressive? I'm not sure. It's, it's something I'm going to be thinking about. Even in self-help land and in Western yoga culture, we're all like warriors and gangsters. Is it so uncool to be a partner? Is it less effective to hug? I don't know. I'm thinking about this language, collaborate more. I like it because it implies action. It implies partnership and goal sharing and group effort and two heads are better than one. Let's push this giant boulder up a hill together. And to do that together, we need friendships. Cultivate your friendships. I feel like all the shit raining down could potentially be revealing a golden age of powerful female friendships. And I don't say that specifically to leave men out, but also this is what's happening now. It seems that way for me and my friends. I know that some of it comes just with age and experience. As I get older, I 
understand better how to be a friend, what it actually means to be a friend to somebody, in part because I've had more and more years of people being a real friend to me. Also, though, the climate we're in, it could just, again, be this golden age for female collaboration and female friendships. So think about the people, you know, female or not, think about the person or the people in your life who will pick you up when you're face down in Target, like a stuffed bear. Those are your people. And it's good to give them stuff, not things, but like time and attention and space to breathe and be themselves and tell you all the things, which brings me to the breathe and keep being you part. Well, breathe, obviously, it's probably the thing I talk about most in the world. I think it's the first thing to do whenever you don't know what to do. And I'll get to that more in a moment. But how about keep being you? Keep being you. Do whatever it takes. If it means waking up half an hour early to have time to yourself, do it. I'm saying this in part as a reminder to myself because I've been doing that half an hour early thing. If it means being quiet when everyone else is loud, I'm okay with that as long as that's about being you. That doesn't mean being you is being attached to every thought you've ever had. Just what's at the core. You can change your mind and still be you. You can have power and still be you. You can even give up a little power and still be you. So maybe now let's get to the breathe. I'm going to offer a really, really simple breathing technique here. It's a pretty quick practice to kick off the season. But before I do, I want to say thank you as always. I hope you know how much it means to me to do this show. It gave me a reason after I went freelance, gave me a reason to keep writing. It gave me a reason to keep practicing yoga, even when I'm not teaching. It's been incredibly life affirming and I really needed that this year. And I hope you've liked it too. If you have, you can rate the show. It's so funny to do self-promotion on a show that I do with myself because it just seems like a lot, but you know, I don't have anywhere else to go to promote myself. So uh, give the show a rating if you like. Tell a friend. Buy a shirt. Yogafortherevolution.threadless.com. There's a little promotion and you get free shipping. Prices have gone down for the holiday season. You can find back and future episodes of Yoga for the Revolution on yogafortherevolution.org. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and you can tell me things or ask me questions there. I have a little programming note. This will be my last newly recorded episode of the year. What I'll be doing, however, is editing down about nine or 10 episodes of something I'm calling just the practice, meaning I'm taking the meditations or the pranayam that I've led at the end of some of our episodes, and I'm going to pull those out. So each meditation exists on its own. We've done this before. I think if you look back at episodes 20 to 30, they work like this. So in case you're ever looking for a selection, at this point, it'll be over a dozen, maybe 20 or so brief meditations or breath exercises. So those will all be coming out in the next couple of weeks, and then I'll be back with brand new content in January 
of 2018. 2018, the year we flipped the house. But before we do that, let's take some deep breaths. I'm keeping this one simple because sometimes simple is best. Find a place to sit or stand, or you can even do this one laying down. You can do this on a train or in a car. It's like eating green eggs and ham. So find a place where you can have a long spine. As if your roots are growing down and your crown is reaching up. Just get as much room for your lungs as possible without straining the body. Now, If you can, place your hands on your side ribs. You don't have to get all contorted to do this. If it's comfortable, you can put the right hand on the right side ribs and the left hand on the left side ribs. Think of the classic hands on your hips pose, but your hands are higher above the waist on the ribs. Or you can cross your arms in front of you like you're giving yourself a hug and hold the ribs that way. Breathe in so that you can feel the ribs expand out to the sides. Get broad. Practice that a little bit. You can breathe in two-thirds of the way full and exhale. Just try breathing wide. In this case, wide is fantastic. Broad is good. So you can stick with that for 10 breaths. Or we'll add on. Keep your hands on your ribs. You can feel the expansion of the rib cage. Breathe in through the nose. Pause and hold for a moment. Hold that breath in for a moment. And then slowly release the breath through your nose as your ribs come back toward the midline of the body. Then let all that go for a second. Breathe normally. Ideally, your exhale when we do this will be longer than the inhale and the hold will be the longest thing. Example, you could breathe in for two, hold for eight, exhale for four. And I'll lead a couple like that. But then feel free to let that go and just stick to a simple inhale, hold, and exhale. So let's begin again. Hands on your sides. If you're not driving or in charge of any machinery, maybe you can close your eyes. Breathe in through the nose for one, two, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Release through the nose. Two, three, four. Inhale for two, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and release. Two, three, four. Inhale, hold, exhale, inhale, hold, exhale. Keep breathing like this. Feeling the rib cage expand on inhale, hold, and contract on the exhale. 
once more. Inhale, hold, and exhale. Exhale all of the air out. Release control of the breath. Come back to your natural breath. Release your hands. Doing this really simple breath 10 times in the morning before you start your day is great. It gives you a chance to set the tone for the day. It gives you a chance to say hello to yourself and your environment, to kind of acclimate to yourself before reaching for the phone, for the news or Instagram or Twitter, whatever it is. And you can really do this any time of day. I do it sometimes if I'm up in the middle of the night staring at the moon. Try it over the holiday if you like to come back to yourself. And don't forget, you'll have a bunch more episodes coming of just the practice. I will be back next month with brand new episodes. So until then, happy holidays, happy new year, keep breathing, and live to fight another day. <laughs>